Good afternoon. Welcome to Noontime Prayer. How's everybody doing? Yay! <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, how did everybody enjoy the snow days? Yay! <laughs> it's been awesome. Hello, live stream. Uh, we're glad that you're joining and joining us for Noontime Prayer. Spirit, um, would you open us in prayer? Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the love that you have for us, for the fun that you have. I thank you, God, that we've been able to just spend time with you, time with our families. I thank you, Lord, just for an opportunity right now to come together to see you move, to learn about you. I thank you, God, for the word that you have given Patty. I thank you, Lord, that it is on time, it is appointed. I thank you, God, that it is rhema to those who hear it. I thank you it is life to those who allow it to be life. I thank you, God, that we will leave here different, that we will see the power of God fall. I thank you, Father, for your love, for your empowerment, for just who you are. You're such a good God and a mighty God and such a wonderful Father. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm excited about today. I've been thinking all morning about rejoice. The Bible tells us rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. That's really important as believers that we put on joy. We're supposed to look different. Um, and the message today is about what we need to throw off and what we need to put on. And one of those things is joy. We need to put on joy. We should be the happiest people in the world. We shouldn't be walking around, oh, it's a bad day. I got to go to work. Oh, my head hurts. It's not, it's not what we're called to, called to be. God's given us all things. So let's start. I want to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And he lived there as a tent maker prior to this, so he knows them. Uh, he's familiar with them. He has relationship with them. And he's speaking out of a pastoral heart. So he is saying all of this in love to the people that he ministered to and served with. So uh, verse 14, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Have you died? Yes, you have died. Because what does the word, what did it just tell us? One died. Jesus died for all, therefore all died. Because Christ died for you and he died for me, he paid the penalty for my sin. He paid the penalty for your sin. It's done. So you have died to that old man and that old nature. It's gone. You are a new creation in Christ. Uh, Let's read verse 15. He died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Do we live for ourselves? No. Honestly? Maybe sometimes? It's really easy to slip back into that pattern of, I'm going to do this, and, well, this is just what I want. This is what I'm, I'm longing, you know... This is what I'm going to do. And we slip into those old ways of wanting to do what we want. But, but the word tells us, who are we to live for? We're to live for him. The verse said that uh, he died for all so that they who live might no longer live, live for themselves, but live for him. So we're called to live for him. Verse 16, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Verse 17, 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Say, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. <laughs> You're a new creature. I'm a new creature. Those old things are gone. New things have come. So every day when you wake up, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, you're a new creature. That old stuff is gone, but you have to walk in the promise in what God has told you he's already given to you. Uh, verse 18. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What is reconciliation? It's kind of a big word, right? I don't think everybody knows what it means. Minis uh, the ministry of reconciliation. So reconciliation is restoring relationship or restoring friendly relations. So what is the ministry of reconciliation? Restoring people back to God. And who is called to that ministry? We are. We are. Every believer, not just pastors, not just evangelists, not just those who have a full-time ministry position, we are all called. It says all to the ministry of reconciliation. To restore the uh, so we're restoring the relationship between God and the world. We've died to our old self. We've we become these new creatures in Christ. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of us, and we're to to bring other people back into to relationship with God. That's what we're called to. Let's uh, continue with verse 19. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are what? Ambassadors. Ambassadors. So you're not only a minister and a minister of reconciliation, you're also an ambassador. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We're ambassadors. Verse 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We're new creations, right? New creatures. The old is gone. The new has come. We've been given the ministry of reconciling the world back to God, and we're his ambassadors. But what does it mean to be an ambassador? That's kind of one of those big words, too. The definition is an official envoy, especially a diplomatic agent of the highest rank. Does it say the lowest rank? No, it says the highest rank. An ambassador is somebody with a high rank. Uh, accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign. So we're a high-ranking official of the kingdom of God. That's who God has made us. So we're this high-ranking official. Do they have a little bit of authority or maybe a lot of authority? They have a lot of authority. We're a high-ranking official with a lot of authority given by God. He's given it to us, and we're to minister the, recon the ministry of reconciliation. Our job every day is to work for the kingdom of God and to bring people back into rela relationship with him. That's what he's given to us. As God's ambassadors, how should we live? Like this? Ugh. Life is so hard. If I could only kick that habit, I tell you, life would be good. Or if only I could get that new job. If only I had a best friend. If only God would let me get married. It, no. As God's ambassadors, we're called to live to a certain standard. 
So let's read what the Bible says about that standard. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 in the NLT, uh, we're going to read, Paul's writing here to the church at Ephesus. He's most likely in prison when he's writing it, and he's concerned about their growth and maturity um, and growing in the Lord. Verse 17, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives them because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. He's telling them, this isn't what I taught you. This is not what you learned. Verse 21, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Throw it off. Get rid of it. Verse 23, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Are you righteous? Yes. Are you holy? Yes. Yes. God says it in his word. So that's the truth. If you believe the lie, I'm not righteous. I can't stand before God. I'm not holy. I'm a schmuck and I'm a failure. That's your fault because you're not believing the word. The word says you're righteous and holy. You're created in his image. You have a new nature that has been created as his nature. And you need to believe we need to believe the truth. Aren't you glad we don't have to live like the world? I am so glad we do not have to live like the world. If you just look in those first few verses, this is how the world lives. Hopelessly confused, minds full of darkness, wandering far from the life God is giving them. They have closed minds, hardened hearts, no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and they eagerly practice every kind of impurity. We don't have to live like that and we're called not to live like that. That is not us. We have learned the truth. We have thrown off that former way of life. It's done. When you become born again in a new creature, creature, I'm just keeping on saying it, creature, a new creation, uh, that, that old way of life should be finished. If you're holding on to bits and pieces of it, then you're not going to walk in the fullness of God. There's no way. You have to throw it off and be done with it. Uh, let's continue in verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger gives the devil a foothold. Literally, that word foothold means like a spot, a place, or an opportunity. So when we're angry, we're told not to sin. Is anger bad? Not always, because Jesus got angry sometimes, right? But he didn't sin in his anger. So when I think of the, the devil, and I'm going to give him a foothold in my life, I think of the picture of somebody's trying to, to, I've opened my door, but I'm trying to slam it shut on them, but they get their foot in the way. What happens at that point? They break their foot. They have a better access point, right? They have a better spot, a better position now to have access into my home, right? So when we sin in anger... We're doing that very thing. We're letting the devil have easier access to come right into our lives because we disobeyed the word of God. So when we're angry, it's okay to be angry. 
Just do not sin in your anger. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Deal with it. It's not that we aren't allowed to have emotions and not to feel things. It's what we do in them. So let's not give the devil a foothold into our lives. Uh, let's keep going. In verse 28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to those in need. I love this verse because our ways, not God's, would just say quit stealing. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Be done with it. But God says his ways are higher, right? Don't just quit stealing. Go work and work hard and then start giving to those in need. His way is always far surpassing our ways. Let's keep going. Verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. How do we bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit? Another translation says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, which, which literally uh, means not to cause him distress. How do we cause the Holy Spirit distress? Lying. Lying? Which would be what? Sin. Abomination. Lying is sin. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. When we sin, what are we doing? Cutting, yes, we're separating ourselves from God when we sin. So we're grieving the Holy Spirit because he lives in us. How can we separate ourselves from the God who lives inside of us? It grieves him. Let's continue in verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. As I was reading, the, reading those, that's where it hit me, that we need to throw some things off, but we also need to put some things on. So, I'm going to talk about a few things real quickly just kind of a list, and it's not conclusive, it is, but it's, it's a lot of the main ones. It's a good start of things that we as believers need to throw off. So the old man, the old nature, we already said that. We've been created new. Sin, wages of sin is death. Is death. Why would we want to be separated from God? Darkness, does light have any fellowship with darkness? No, we need to throw it off. Lust, we need to throw it off. Deception, the devil is a deceiver. Should we be acting like him? No. Lying, should we be acting like him? He's the father of lies. No, we need to throw it off. Anger and rage, foul language, it says let only things that are wholesome come out of our mouths. Stealing, uh, bitterness, Hebrews 12.15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Many. We need to throw bitterness off. Throw it off. It's not allowed. It's like po- poison. Literally, when you look it up, um, it has a meaning similar to poison. And it, it's not just going to affect me. The word said it's going to corrupt many. My bitterness, if I choose to have it, could corrupt you. So we need to throw that junk off. Um, Harsh words. That was in the last verse that we read. Uh, You know, the disciples were known by the love they had for one another. Are harsh words part of love? No. Love speaks with kindness and gentleness, caring more about the other person than ourselves. Slander. What is slander? 
Yeah, defamation. When we talk badly about another person, we're slandering them. We should, we're told not to slander. We need to throw that off too. We need to throw off the world. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. This is a big one. We need to throw off the cares of the world. Uh, Mark 4, 19. But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. It chokes the word. The word is how we live a victorious life. The word is how we're able to stand on the promises of God. But if we have the cares of the world as a priority, if they're consuming us, if that's what's, what's just in us and coming out, then it's going to choke that word out. We don't want the word of God choked in our lives. Uh, fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But of power, love, and a sound mind. We have to throw fear off. Anxiety says do not be anxious for anything, anything. And doubt. James 1.6, but he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That's a long list, right? And that's not even all of it. And that, that's quite a few things. Why do you think that a lot of believers are living defeated? They've taken their eyes off God. They're ta they've taken their eyes off God? Yeah. And a lot of them aren't throwing off these things. They're, they're keeping them on. It becomes a weight. It becomes a burden. And is this list that I just read, was that for unbelievers? It wasn't. That list was for believers. Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus. He's talking to believers. Believers wouldn't live like that, right? We don't lie and cheat and steal or talk bad about anybody or use harsh words. Maybe sometimes. Let's look at Ephesians 4.30 one more time. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do unbelievers have the Holy Spirit? No, unbelievers do not. Believers have the Holy Spirit. So why are we as believers living defeated lives and carrying around things like darkness and deception and all of those bad things? Why are we choosing to walk and live like that old man, that old creation? Because we do not know the word of God like we should. And even if we know it, we may not be choosing to live it out. For example... Anxiety. What does the Bible say about anxiety? Don't be, anxious. be anxious for nothing. It says be anxious for nothing. So if I choose to be anxious because we're going to have a test in class, what? what am I doing? I'm sinning. I'm separating myself from God because the word says be anxious for nothing. So that's my choice. As a believer, I should know the word. I should know what it says. And if I'm not sure what it says, I should go find out or ask somebody or go study. What does the word tell me about this? And what is its answer? What's its solution? Because it has everything that we have need of. Be anxious for nothing. For some things? No, for nothing. So what if you lose your job? What if your kid gets a bad grade or gets in trouble at school? Do you have a right to be anxious? We don't have, we gave up that right. As Christians, we have to give up our rights and our privileges. Jesus gave up his right to, from heaven and chose to come down here for us. We have to give up those, those what we think are rights and privileges. We do not have a right to be anxious. We don't have a right to be, be fearful. We don't have a right to be sick. 
We don't have a right to be in lack because the word promises us otherwise. So what is anxiety? It says experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Do we have an uncertain outcome? No, we win. We win. We already know the outcome. Our outcome is not uncertain. Jesus already, he did it. It's finished. We have nothing to be anxious about. Anything that, that may, we may think we could be anxious about in this world, it's just a lie. It, the outcome is done. We know where we're going. We're spending eternity with the living God. Does anything else matter? Nothing else matters. Let's read Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. How do we get rid of anxiety? Yeah, verse 6. What does verse 6 say? It says, But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, so prayer and supplication. What is supplication? It's another one of those big words. <laughs> Making your request. It, it does. It just means to humbly and earnestly ask for so when you're praying, you're coming in humility, and you're coming with eagerness, and you're asking God. You're just talking to him. That's supplication. So we get rid of anxiety by humbly and earnestly praying and just talking to our Father. That's it. That's how you get rid of it. And it says, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. We have to be thankful. We're called to be thankful people. So the Bible, as you can see, has the complete answer for anxiety, right? The complete answer for anxiety is right there. So why do you think people are walking around defeated? There's, there's many Christians who take anxiety meds. Why is that? It's really simple. We simply have to know the word and live the word out. We need to be a doer of the word. God's word is the solution. If the Bible tells us be anxious for nothing, yet we decide to be anxious, what are we doing? Sinning. Sinning. If it tells us to be thankful in all things, but we choose to be unthankful, what are we doing? Sinning. Sinning. If you want to change your life today, make the decision to start taking the word of God seriously, putting it into action, doing what it says. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All those things that we need to throw off, the things that are weighing us down and weakening our faith, they're destroying our witness. We need to cast them all on Jesus because he already paid the price for them. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Now, let's quickly talk about some of the things that we should put on. The love of Christ, right? Colossians 3.14, beyond all these things, put on love. Put on love. He's saying, let's put some love on. Everything we should do should be done through love. Put on your new nature. Put on the ministry of reconciliation. 
Put on righteousness, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We need to put that righteousness on. Put on holiness. Be holy because I am holy. That's what God told us. Put on your authority and your uh, position as ambassadors. We have to put that on and walk it out, not just... Well, I'm an ambassador. No, we need to put it on. It's an authority. It's, it's a job. It's our duty. Uh, we need to put on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what renews our minds and our thoughts and our attitudes. We, we shouldn't try to do it on, on our own. We need to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.23 says, In that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We need to put that on. Put on kindness and the heart of compassion. Colossians 3.12, So as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Those are all things we should be putting on. Uh, humility. Uh, Philippians 2.3, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, Humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Gentleness, let your gentleness be evident to all. Patience, love is patient. Patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We need to put patience on. Forgiveness, if we don't forgive others, we're not going to be forgiven. We need to put forgiveness on. Joy, we need to put the joy on. Trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. We need to put trust on. Hope, faith. Faith is for now. We need to put it on. Peace, uh, the garment of praise, thankfulness in prayer. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. We need to put that on every day. Pray without ceasing in the word. Colossians 3.16, we need to put the word on. It should be in us. That says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. We need to put the word of God on. We need to take time to learn who we are in Christ. We need to know. If we don't know it, how are we going to live it? That's right. We have to take the time to separate ourselves from the world to learn what the difference is between how they live and how we should live. We need to throw those things off and put these things on. When we put on love and joy in our new nature, do we look like the world anymore? No. Nope. We don't look like the world at all. We'll stick out like like bright shining stars. That's, that's one of the verses in the Bible. That When we're living how we truly should, we're going to stick out. When we walk in peace, thankfulness, and forgiveness, despite anything we're going through, who do we look like? We look like Jesus. Then our testimony and our witness lines up with the word, and our witness is good, and other unbelievers are going to want what we have. If our witness is what it should be. If it's not, why would they want Jesus? Because we're given a poor example. We're given a clouded view. We need to give a good view of what the word says. What we choose to throw off or put on identifies us with whom we're serving. What we choose to throw off or put on identifies us with whom we're serving. Can a person serve two masters? No. The Bible says no. You'll love one and hate the other. It's a miserable miserable thing. You can't serve two masters. So if I'm putting on lying and anger and deception, who am I being like? Satan. Satan. 
being like Satan. If I put on a little white lie and a little anxiousness and just a sprinkle of worry, then who am I being like? Satan. It may sound a little bit, a little bit better, but it's still being like the devil. But what if I put on truth and freedom and praise? Then who am I being like? I'm being like God if I put on the right things. Okay, last one. What if I put on humility and kindness and a little bit of the cares of this world? That's where a lot of believers fit in. Double-minded. That's what you are. You're double-minded. It's confusing, right? We can't serve two masters. How can I walk in love, humility, forgiveness, but worry? You can't. You're double-minded and unstable in all of your ways. A lot of believers are going through this situation just like this. They really love him. They really love God. But they just don't know who they are. They just don't, they just don't know. Or maybe this is what they're saying. God didn't come through for me in the past. Or he doesn't care about my situation. Or if God really helps people who love him, he just must not love me like that. Do you think that's true? It's junk. It's garbage. It's like Naomi who said that she was blaming God for the consequences of her and her husband's decision for leaving Bethlehem and going to Moab. Was that God raising his fist against her like she said? It wasn't. That was the consequences of her decisions and her not knowing who she was in Christ. Mm. We think, we think incorrectly. God is not the one not coming through. God comes through. It says God never fails, never fails. We are the ones not coming through. When we have something going wrong or something we're believing incorrectly, it's not God, it's us. We think that we can teeter-totter between this, this, I'm a Christian and I love God, but my family's always had fear, so... I just have to deal with it because no that's trying to like walk the fence line of well I'm a believer but I really like this part of the world so I'm just going to do this a little bit but God I love you on Sunday and I praise you but I'm going to watch this TV show because it's so good and it's not really bad and God I love you with all of my heart and forgive me for lying last week but I'm going to take this paper because I'm out at, at home and work has so much of it they won't mind if I just take no, it's teeter-tottering. We can't teeter-totter. We can't waver in our beliefs. We need to stand firm on what we believe. That's why God does not come through for us. Right there. You can't, you can't have one foot over here and one foot over here and think God's going to work in your life. You have to stand fully upon the word. What happens when you mix hot and cold water? Lukewarm. You get lukewarm. You get nasty lukewarm. Uh, the way I like to think about it is with coffee. I like coffee hot. I like coffee cold. I hate coffee lukewarm. Hate it. Okay, well, that's like the verse in Revelations. God says he's going to spit out those who are lukewarm. Spit them out of his mouth. Do you want to be spit out of God's mouth? No, I want to be used for his plans and his purposes. It's not good to be lukewarm. Lukewarm believers do not see God move in their lives. They do not. Lukewarm believers give Christians a bad reputation. So today, let's choose not to be lukewarm. 
Let's choose to throw off all of that stuff of the world, all that big long list of fear and anxiety and unforgiveness and all of it. Let's throw it off and let's put on the good things, the love of Christ, the word of God, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, hope, faith. Let's be holy and set apart. Let's act like we are the, the chosen people of God and live like we're the chosen people of God, ambassadors for Christ. We have a high-ranking authority, and we've been given a ministry to bring a lost and dying world into the kingdom of God. Could anything be better than that? It says the heavens rejoice when one sinner repents. Who does the sinner repent? How does that happen? How does a sinner come to repentance? Usually through a believer. So the heavens rejoice when we get ourselves in line with God and we do his work of reconciliation. The heavens rejoice when a sinner repents and we get to be a part of that. You already know your outcome. You are victorious. Let's live a life worthy of the calling that God has given us. Ephesians 4.1 is, is the reference for that. Paul is saying to live a life worthy of the calling. We all have been given a calling of God. Every believer has been given a calling of God. Let's pray. Let's all stand and pray together. Lord, I just thank you right now. I thank you for every person here and every person watching on live stream. Lord, I thank you that your word will go forth. I thank you that people are deciding right now that they no longer are going to live like the world. They no longer are going to pursue unrighteous and unholy things. Lord, I thank you that you bring conviction, Lord, that people want to live holy and righteous righteous lives because you have called them to be righteous and holy. Lord, I thank you that we would know our authority that you have given. Your word says you have given all authority, all authority. And I thank you that we are going to walk as ambassadors. We are going to walk about your business like you are an you are our sovereign. You are our king. And we are going to be about your business, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for giving your people a heart of reconciliation. I thank you that as we live our lives and we get gas or we get groceries or we teach kids or whatever we do, that we are going to grab people out of the kingdom of darkness. We are going to bring them into the kingdom of the son you love. I thank you that people are going to be affected because we are going to live a righteous life. Our witness is going to be good. It's no longer going to be like a clouded, dirty witness. Lord, it's going to be holy. It's going to be pleasing. We are going to live a holy and pleasing life as a living sacrifice. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you have a plan and a purpose for every person, every person, and that we are going to walk in your ways, Jesus. We are going to walk in your ways. You have already given us the victory. We are more than conquerors. Lord, we know our outcome, and that's to spend eternity with the living God. We thank you for that right now, Jesus. Father, I thank you 
that you are drawing your people into a deeper relationship with you. I thank you that right now you are taking people and bringing them to a place where they start to recognize their identity in you, that no longer will they look to find themselves in the world, but rather they will look to you to find their identity because we will never find answers out in the world. We will only find solutions and victory and answers in you, in you, in you. Father, we are found in you. We are kept in you. We are hidden in you. We are your children. We are your people and you are our God. The word is full of that declaration that you have made that you are our God and we are your people. And today we come to you saying we are your people and you are our God. The world is not our God. Movies are not our God. Our flesh is not our God. Our friends are not our God. Our families are not our God. Our sickness, whatever it is that is trying to distract us, it's not our God. You are our God. And you say, it, I, by his stripes you were healed. There is no sickness. In your word you say, there is restoration. There is peace. There is joy. We will find the truth. And the truth is setting us free now. In the name of Jesus, what was once binding us is broken now in the name of Jesus. Whatever you have had that has held you bound, it is breaking now in the name of Jesus. There is no bond too strong to keep you down when the Lord your God made a way for you and has said that there is freedom available to you. So in the name of Jesus, we declare freedom be. Bonds break. Chains break. If you have been waiting for a solution, you've been waiting for that healing to come, you've been waiting for that sickness to leave, I declare in the name of Jesus, healing manifests now. Whoever it is that's watching, it doesn't matter what the symptoms are, it doesn't matter what the doctors have said, your report that is true is that healing is yours in the name of Jesus. It's in his wings. It's in who? It's in the bread that we get to eat daily. So Lord, I thank you that healing is manifesting to your people. I thank you that the supernatural is coming now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that things that signs and wonders that they never expected to see is coming that this is the year that the Lord is going to show himself strong on the children of God's behalf. And we thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for your peace. We thank you, Father, that in the midst of of what Satan has tried to do or brings at us, that your peace flows through us. For it is not by our will, it is not by our power, but it is by your Spirit. It is by the victory that we start with. The battle is yours and the victory is ours we thank you father there is nothing nothing that hasn't already been done I thank you father for that we thank you father for this church 
We thank you, Father, for the place that we can gather to honor you. We thank you, Father, for what is being done here, not only today, but what is continually being done here. We thank you, Father, for your word that is going out in the region from here. We thank you, Father, for the honor and privilege it is to serve you and be a part of that. We thank you, Father, for everything that you have done for us. We thank you, Father, for it. We thank you, Father, for the answers that are already ours. We thank you, Father, for the ability to do everything that you have asked us to do, to cast everything off and put everything on. We thank you, Father, for everything. For it says in your word, every good thing comes from above. This is a good thing. And we thank you, Father, for it. Yeah, let's pray for the will of God for individuals and families uh, corporately. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for your will. And Lord, we thank you for a submissive heart for the people, for the individuals and the families, Lord, that there would be a desire, Lord Jesus, to run after your will. Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that there would be an agreement unified in one accord in regards to doing the will of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a gift to those who do God's will. Lord Jesus, so we thank you that we are actively searching after your will. Whatever it is, Lord, let every individual corporately and every family be in agreement with the will of God. Lord Jesus, is there anything that we can't do if we're in your will? Lord, I believe that we can do all things, Lord Jesus, according to your will, according to your purpose. It's already done. We just have to find out what that is. So, Lord, show people through the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for dreams, visions, prophetic words. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for prophetic word, even in your word, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that people will lay hold to whatever you've called them to do, Father God. We thank you for it, Lord. Lord, we thank you for... uh, boomerang church lord jesus that 2018 will be the year of victory father god lord where 2017 had victory defeat victory defeat 2018 we declare and decree today we prophesy today that 2018 would be the year of victory father god that overwhelming victory is ours through jesus christ father god we thank you for the power of the holy spirit lord that you say that we have power and is of life and death in our tongue. So, Lord, we speak right now that this year is the year of victory. Corporately, for Boomerang, and individually, Lord, we thank you that there would be not one, Lord, person to get defeated all year. Lord, we thank you for one victory, for one victory, another victory. Lord, you said that we are called from glory to glory. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that your glory would be evident in the middle of our situations, Father God. We thank you, Lord 
Lord Jesus. Things, even though that people are surrounded by, it seems to be impossible situations, Lord. Let their utterance, Lord, let their mouths be declaring the perfect will of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you that there would be a spirit that would rise up in them, Father God, to begin to declare and decree the will of God for their lives, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for the healings. Lord, I thank you for the mass healings that are coming to Boomerang in 2018. Lord, that the year of healing is upon us, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that miraculous, Lord, people walking out of wheelchairs, Lord Jesus, lame in their bed, Father God, in the hospitals, rising. Lord Jesus, we thank you, people that have been afflicted for years, that this is the year that they will walk. This is the year that they will be tumor-free. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak to those tumors in the name of Jesus. Listen to the word of God that is in us. Lord, in the name of Jesus, tumors gone now. Lord, you said that if our, if we're in agreement touching anything, Lord, that it would be done. Father God, in Jesus' name, every tumor, you know where you are, and we curse you in the name of Jesus. We say dry up and be yanked out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for one report after another report after another report, Lord, Father God, of tumors being gone. And the only explanation is that it's a miracle and that Jesus, you would get the glory for what you're doing, Father God. We we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for 2018's kickstart. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that there, that, that there will be provision, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that, that the money's already taken care of, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for people to give. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that, that, that they would gather around, Lord, that they would, they would want to support the things of God, Lord Jesus, because, uh, if we buy a movie or if we go to dinner. Lord, that stuff's uh, perishable. But Father God, a soul lives on for eternity. So every soul won to Jesus Christ is worth great riches. If the Bible says uh, that the angels in heaven, the Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice when one person comes to Jesus, when one person is saved. So Lord, we thank you, Father God. How much more riches is that worth compared to a movie or a dinner, Father God? We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we put our money where our mouth is. So Lord, we thank you, Father God, the Lord, for the hundreds of thousands that would come to know Jesus Christ through Boomerang. Lord, Father God, and through the people of Boomerang, Father God, hundreds of thousands and millions and hundreds of millions, Father God, that will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord because someone told me about Jesus Christ. So Father, in Jesus' name, we declare and decree that today is the day of victory, the year of victory. 18 will be the year of victory in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we declare it, and we thank you, Father God, that it is done. And thank you, Father God, that you would seal it by your Spirit. Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name, even mindsets right now in the people, even people watching online, mindsets that God can't do what, what he says he can do. In the name of Jesus, we tear down that stronghold, that, that thought that God isn't who, man, he's not a liar like some of your fathers have lied to you. He is not a man that he should lie. So whatever his word says he will do, the Lord has promised you things, and 
And in the name of Jesus, we declare and decree that those things would come to pass. Lord, even the hidden things of, of people's hearts, Father God, that they haven't even told, Lord Jesus, would come to fruition in 2018, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for this time that we've been allowed to come together. Lord, we praise you. We praise you for your word that you've given us. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you have given us all things, all things in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord. I want to um, let everybody know on Facebook who's watching that we are having a kickstart conference at the end, uh, towards the end of our 40 days of prayer and fasting, February 4th through 11th. Um, be watching Facebook. We'll be making posts about it. If you can make it, you want to be here. You want to be here. Even if you're a few hours away, it'll be worth it. You want to be here. So we invite you and we hope that you will come. Um, I want to give uh, opportunity for anyone who is here or online who wants to give. We want to always give that opportunity. There's a basket on the altar. Um, you're welcome to give there. If you are online, there is a link that you can click on. Lord, we just thank you right now for those who have chosen to give. I thank you for blessing and outpour in their lives, Lord. I thank you that you give seed to the sower, and I thank you that you will multiply everything that they have given, Lord. I ask for blessing, that they would be blessed going in and blessed going out, Lord. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail, that they are above and not beneath. And I just thank you right now for your hand being upon their lives and upon everybody who is here and watching, Lord. We thank you that you are moving in mighty ways, and we we just praise you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for watching. Thanks for coming. And we'll see you all Monday.